Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We need to understand also that there are potential long-term consequences for this, and we should hope that these guys can come back and do well. But I also feel terribly for the team who doesn't have any positive tests having their um, their schedule impacted. This time it's the Vikings. I believe that happened to them once already uh, this season. So it's tough for them to keep turning on, uh, turning on and off as far as practice and bye week is concerned when you have so much to prepare for and so much riding on a season. It was a Dominic Foxworth on Get Up this morning. Morning. And Judd, I think we're going to get our wish. What's this, that? this might be headed toward Vikings-Falcons Tuesday night football, baby. That's what the country wants. Give me some Phil. Tuesday night football. The country wants Falcons and Vikings. Raheem Morris' first game back as a coach on Tuesday night. Inject it into our veins. So, all right, we'll get you the latest uh, as, we're, as we're filtering the news here on the Falcons having some sort of a COVID crisis that uh, requires them to take a step back from their facility. We're going to start the show with scoops with Doogie in a second here. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around since 1904, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They are one of us, and they've been helping Minnesota business owners for all of that period, over 100 years. You can follow Federated on Twitter, at FederatedINS, for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics, like working in extreme temperatures, distracted driving, and more. Go to FederatedInsurance.com to find out more information about your uh, trusted market, um, what am I trying to say here? Your trusted uh, partner at Federated Insurance that can help your business. Federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. But now there are four more positive tests. So that would be five positive tests at a minimum in the last two weeks out of Atlanta. And that obviously raises questions as to whether the Falcons will be able to play their game on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see how the league decides to handle this particular situation because every situation, while they have similarities, there are differences. But there are multiple positive tests out of Atlanta this morning, and I think it's fair to say that the game between the Vikings and Falcons then would be in jeopardy. Basically, what's happening right now is out of an abundance of caution, that's the phrase that we always hear, uh, the Falcons are going to work remotely today while they figure out if these new tests are uh, confirmed. That is what the league is 
is working on right now. So we shall see. We had the jet situation last week where we thought we had the positive test. They sent everybody home. They said, let's work remotely. Turned out to be a false positive. So we shall see what happens here with the Falcons. But for now, working remotely this morning. We will update this as the day goes on. Oh, I was going to hit the panic button, but sometime between yesterday and today, it looks like it was deleted from our <sighs> system here. So we might. Oh, well, it's gone. I don't know if it's like it expired. Why are we bothering with nothing, the show then? Nothing to panic about. Apparently. Somebody is sabotaging your studio. <laughs> you're suggesting it's possible. Hold on it's a second. Possible. So the panic button's really gone. Yeah, because I'm out of here until Honestly, it comes I don't back. Know what to do. Like my whole act is gone. How do I open? Edit, All I know is a really edit. good producer would check on a you know daily basis right when he gets <laughs> okay. in in the morning. Okay. Is that how it works? Would ensure <laughs> that the button bar <laughs> has been maintained from the previous day. How is Olgad supposed to work without the panic button? <laughs> I agree. We might have to go to the Rami Alert system instead. All right, is that going to work? I hope so. All right, let's try this again. Oh my God, the the Falcons have a COVID outbreak. Uh, we aren't sure what's going to happen, and the Rami alert system's gone too. So we can't do anything. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, all right, Mackie and Judd, we're going to start the show off with some inside information about our local sports teams. Doogie from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can also find his podcast every week called The Scoop on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And I'll, I'll add one more piece of information uh, in addition to what Adam Schefter and Mike Garofolo just reported. Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune, our our former colleague, he tweets from an NFL spokesperson this morning, the ESPN report was inaccurate. There is one positive today from a team personnel member, not a player. There's no change in the status of the Vikings-Falcons game at this time. It is a coach per our mutual friend, Tom Pelissero. Okay. I'll never forget that bachelor party. Tommy's my guy. Oh, man. That was epic. That you, was. It's because you lasted until the end, Doogie. I did not. I went home eventually. There's an untold story in there, I think, somewhere. Oh, there's multiple we'll untold stories. Yeah, they're not, and they're not going to be told, so don't worry so, about let's it. Let's just say, some, you know, as, as it was time to migrate from one of the establishments, somebody decided, I think I'm going to stay for a little bit longer, actually, in the front row of this particular establishment. <laughs> oh, that front person row, shall huh? go nameless. I was gone. I, I was gone by then. Oh, I think God, I took dude. off after the loon. I think the loon stop was my final stop before I grabbed oh, wow. a, a cab. Stop at dating the time. yourself, Judd. To be a fly, you're on the wall. so past your partying prime. I, mean, I know. That was truly an epic night. Really I know was. I am, but that's okay, Doogie. That's okay. You know what? I had my time in the '90s. That's great. By 2000, I was starting to wane a little bit, and now I'm done. <laughs> so anyway, way, assistant coach. Quick. Somebody literally deleted the panic button. What? Who the yeah, hell would take the panic you, button? I'm literally, I'm trying to surf through it as well. Not I don't just, know what the hell all is right. that. Just like quick detour for a second, okay? We have a new audio storage system that doesn't require you to ever delete anything. Like, yeah, there's I, not like a, a limitation on cart numbers. Here. I don't even know. Why how would you, you ever delete the panic button? I was told you can't even physically delete things from here. Like, it's a non People start delete. running over the seats. Ridiculous. People start running up the aisle. Right, I saw something said panic. Think about the situation. There is literal panic about the panic button being gone. Yes. It's just, and we can't even hit so the juicy. panic button to signal the panic. Oh, I'm not panicked. I'm pissed off. <laughs> now, there are cameras everywhere. Right? Like, I'm button. on camera right now. Presumably, there are cameras in your studio. Do they roll for 24 consecutive hours? No, they do not. Oh, well. <laughs> this, studio, <laughs> this studio has cameras. All I no, know yeah, is a really good PD. You're staring at one a right really now. good program director would have put it continuous on him. I like what Doogie's doing here. He's coming in just blaming everybody, but me, I like this Doogie. Fine work. 
So, all right. So, uh, so it's a it's a coach. It is a coach. All players. signs point to the game taking place on Sunday. I'm with you. There was a thirst for Tuesday night football. I looked at the local TV ratings for Bills Titans. How Here was in the it? Twin Cities marketplace very good. Yes, the NFL dominates this marketplace. Even if I enjoyed it across the, the country, maybe the numbers are down slightly. They still destroy everything else. So yeah, it was it was a really good number. Oh, by the way, up against the Bachelorette, which is very popular oh, yeah. in this marketplace. But Bill's Titans yeah, yeah. still did a very good number. So I'm with you, Judd. I helped the Bachelorette. There is yeah. a thirst. My partners here, Dukes, didn't watch Diggs. Easy, man. Titans yeah. at all. It's Chris, Har- it's Chris Harrison season, yeah, Chris baby. Harrison. <laughs> all day. I watched two. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in. Hey, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Now, who, Dale who seems was like the a guy? Who, who was the guy who did the Dateline interrogations of of the perverts? That was Chris Hansen. Right? Chris Hansen. Oh, Chris, Chris I, yeah. I'm yeah. like, did this guy switch to The Bachelorette? No, but Chris Harrison would be great in that he role, too. He would be too. good there. Okay, so that would work. Because I saw the names and, and I'm like, is this the same guy? I was just, I, I was just, I, I, I was just here, uh, just dropping off some beer for my friend. Uh, this is the most dramatic, perverted situation ever. <laughs> sir, why don't you sit down? Yeah. Sir, you're wearing a rose-colored bathrobe, holding a six-pack of spritzer. This sounds like a skit. And your chest hair is puffed so out, and cut. and he's twelve. So watch him see. And we have the transcripts. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> hold on a second. This sounds like, like an thing. SNL skit. And those things all happen in Fort Myers, Florida, by the way, in case you didn't know. Like all, like 90% of the Dateline NBC episodes happen in Whoa, Fort Myers, Florida. Chris Long used to tell us that he lived in Fort Myers. And if like not in Fort years. Myers, somewhere else in Florida. Exactly. Yep. So anyways, I hope that didn't occur during spring training. So we basically don't know. We're, we're waiting on more... We're waiting on the Falcons to figure out their situation. Yes, but isn't that the COVID situation in a nutshell? Yes. Where oftentimes we've been jumping to conclusions, but it truly is an hour-by-hour, day-by-day deal. Yes, and let me throw this at you guys because I think it's going to become necessary, okay? So, like, the Titans did not do a great job here. We, We know that a bunch of them went and tried to practice, which they weren't supposed to do. And I think we all thought that, that the Titans were going to be fine at some point. And it sounds like the league came back. It's like, oh, no, no, there's going to be, we'll look into it, but, right? Um, I think starting with the Falcons, you're going to have a situation where you're going to have to threaten teams big time. They're 0-5, right? Like, the farther we get into this, let's say you've won a couple games, and it's December, and your pals are all going out to the bar because you're 2 and something, right? The league's going to have to crack down here because at some point in time, because it's not like these guys are quarantined. And if the opportunity presents itself and you've won two or three games in December to go out and party, there's got to be some type of pushback on you from the league to have you say, that's not a good idea. And if it's just be a professional, these guys are in their 20s. That's a lot to ask. It is, but the NFL is already policing a lot of these guys. For example, the Vikings have their bye week next week, right? Yep. Guys cannot leave town. They cannot head to Cabo or you name the tropical destination. I just don't know how you tell a guy he can't go out to dinner. Like Melvin Gordon gets pulled over, right? He gets the Dewey the other day in Denver. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He had a couple glasses of wine, went out to dinner with a couple friends. Like, as long as you don't have a true bubble scenario, bubble-esque setup, Right. I just don't know how you do it. Plus, okay, so we know it's an assistant coach in Atlanta. Do we know from contact tracing, you know, his significant other, his kids? Like, Eric Sugarman got COVID, right? 
did Eric get it himself or maybe did one of his kids bring it into the house? Like, I just don't know how you police yeah, home I'm just, situations I'm just like saying, that. I, I a lot of these guys this, are not single, right? I could a lot see of these guys are not living by themselves. In December. I could see this being a problem with bad teams. Maybe. Sure. But until you create that bubble, and I just don't know how you do it with, yeah. I mean, truly, I was talking to Randy Mueller, former longtime NFL general manager the other day. He was on the podcast last week. And we were in agreement that I just don't know with roughly maybe 170 when thinking about trainers, support staff, equipment people, like the bubble would be that many. Like it's easy or easier with a basketball team, with a hockey team, with a football team. There are just so many people. I just don't know how you create the bubble. I really don't. Okay. uh, In non-COVID Vikings news here, Doogie, uh, I saw Chad Graff had another update today from The Athletic that sort of reinforced that. People close to Daniel Hunter are saying, "Dude, just don't play. Don't yeah, play they this are. season." Yeah. So, His train or some others, yeah. Well, so what? What are you hearing on that front? Is there any chance? It's me and Judd. Like we're kind of in agreement here, or, or Judd and I, Judd and me, Judd and I are in agreement. I don't know, Judd. You're the journalist of this group. I don't ask me. Judd and I. Judd and I. Uh, we don't think it makes sense for him to play. I mean, they're they're one and four at this point. But what what are you hearing, and what are your thoughts? From what I know, from people who know Daniel incredibly well, the competition. Part of him says, I need to return. Like, it's just not in his DNA to say, I'm sitting out the rest of the year. That he's uber competitive, that this is not contract related, even though we all know that is the most team-friendly contract in the entire league. That's not hyperbole. I mean, that contract is unbelievable. Now, he signed it. His agent presented it to him. He put pen to paper, right? So that's on Daniil. Credit to the Vikings for getting him to sign that contract. So we all get he's underpaid. But the competitiveness in him says, I want to return. It's not like the playoffs are a 2% chance. Maybe it's like 15 or 20%, but it's not a 2% chance. So I, from what I can gather, is he wants to return at some point. But yes, realistically speaking, with so many people in his ear, his trainer, some people close to his agent, some other people saying it's just not worth it. You don't mess with a neck injury. Yep. Yes, at this point. But I can just tell you, going back to August 15th, August 16th, there was a belief from the Vikings that he absolutely would be able to return at some point this year. Do we know what happened here? Like, when did this go from being uh, aggravation and a problem? A tweak. Yeah, well, a tw- I think the tweak was just a flat-out lie. But, you know, but but let's say you thought it was going to be a month, a month plus. When did we jump the shark to, or the whole season? It's a good question, and I'm still trying to piece together all those details. <laughs> So I don't have a definitive answer on that. I mean, as you can imagine, Jed, a lot of people at the Vikings, a lot of people close to Daniil on that particular point are being, you know, they're not an open book. So I'm still working on that part of it. You know, was there some sort of setback? Did something happen? So he initially gets hurt in one of those practices in the August 13th, August 14th range. Was there some sort of setback thereafter? That's what I'm trying to figure out at this point. Yeah, it's I don't know if if the Vikings if the Vikings had pulled that game off against Seattle, I would say, man, if there's a way he could come back for that stretch like that that stretch of home games in November, but I, I think if if he put it this way, let's say he comes back and helps the Vikings get to six and ten or seven and nine and hurts himself further and puts himself in jeopardy. I mean, it, yeah. you're trying to avoid that type of a situation. You where, are, but I think they'd also like to see him and Ngakwe coexist as you're trying to figure out how much Ngakwe is worth yeah. long-term. And with that extra playoff spot, that seven seed, like go up and down the NFC. 
Like, how many teams can you sit here and say, okay, the Vikings are not better than them? Like, to me, it's Tampa. I mean, heck, is it New Orleans? I guess maybe New Orleans, Green Bay, three teams in the NFC West, right? Rams, Niners, although the Niners aren't that good. Seattle. I mean, maybe Arizona, maybe Carolina, maybe Chicago. But but the point is, the Vikings are kind of in that mix. But is he going to return as Daniil Hunter, or is he going to return as a very rusty, banged-up, neck-is-hurt player? But even if the latter, he still demands some double teams, right? I'm with Phil. The mere presence of him out there. But sure, if if the doctors say that that he can do further damage to the neck, like definitively, right? Like 100%, it's it's not a tough decision. You say, Daniil? We'll see you in 2021. All right, let's let's move to the reckless speculation. Of the proceedings here. Reckless speculation. Well, let's start with one more Vikings thing. And thank God they didn't delete thank reckless God. speculation. I would have quit. By the way, <laughs> I would have quit. I'm serious. I, so we, we have all these write quit. that down sounders. Fired. <laughs> Are they gone? The write that down sounders. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Three of them are there. The okay. fourth one's gone. Deleted. <laughs> the one from Van Wilder where he said, get a pencil, write that down, whatever. That's gone? It's gone. What the hell happened here? What happened in the studio last night? It's possible they had, like, deleted. Maybe they had, like, um, end dates on them or something. I don't know. But I don't know. We're we're melting down. All of our sounders are going away. So, Doogie, we spent... We spent 40 minutes yesterday on Purple Daily. That could be a hint, Phil. It could be. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, you didn't notice? Your <laughs> you sounders see. were gone? Now you're gone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Doogie, we spent 40 minutes on Purple Daily yesterday doing a deep dive into the idea of trading Kirk Cousins. And we dug up the the quotes from John Lynch, the, the San Francisco 49ers GM from 2018, in which he said, yeah, we we you know we made the deal for Jimmy Garoppolo last year, but when when Kyle Shanahan saw that Kirk Cousins signed with the Vikings, he was basically in mourning for a couple of days because he loves Kirk and thought that Kirk was going to be his guy in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy G was a disaster in the playoffs last year. He was benched somewhat for injury reasons, probably more for performance reasons at halftime last week. I'm not saying it happens midseason, but like. Is it absurd to suggest that the Vikings should pick up the phone and call the 49ers once the season's over, before the league year starts? Is it absurd? No, I don't think it's absurd. Now, how easy is it for San Francisco? Like, I can't claim to have deep knowledge of Garoppolo's contract. Like, what uh, are the ramifications? The, the, de- the dead money is almost nothing after this year. All so right, they, well. They, they can cut Garoppolo <laughs> after this year. Yes, does it make sense? But then what is the succession path? Like... Where are you at draft-wise? Are you in a position to draft? If not, you know, Trevor Lawrence, maybe Trey Lance, the Marshall, Minnesota native, or Justin Fields, or any number of, of decent to, to good draft prospects at the quarterback position. I just I would need some sort of succession plan because I still contend, maybe I'm nuts, but I still contend that Kirk Cousins is better than a lot of the alternatives. So what is the alternative? Tell me what the alternative is, and then I'll tell you how logical it is for, for the Vikings to pick up the phone. Well, I'm drafting a quarterback. I'm, and now, mm-hmm. I, obviously, if you, can, if you can get into a position to grab one of the top two guys, awesome. Trey Lance, I need to, I, I'd like to see more of Trey Lance to, before I make a decision on him. Well, I mean, you're not, right? I mean, he played the one game. That's the Vikings what I'm had a couple scouts there in Fargo a couple weeks ago. Yep. He's not playing another game. He Correct. signed with Creative Arts Agency. He's got the big time agents now. Like he's completely in draft mode that's, right now. That's the problem. But I'm I'm willing to take a shot on a quarterback, even if it's like a Tanner Morgan or somebody. Like I'm drafting a quarterback in this year's draft. 
Agree, and, but where? You don't have a second, right? You give up the second for Ngakwe. First, my first round pick. Yeah, okay. I, I'm well, using a first round pick. Where are you picking in the first round? The Vikings schedule is relatively easy the rest of the way, right? Like you beat Dallas, you probably beat Carolina, you can beat Jacksonville. You are. You can beat Detroit twice. Dukes, you are giving up whatever you have to give up to get as high as you possibly can to take one of those top two. That's what I'm doing. Rick, you know what? Rick so just, you're making a Ricky Williams esque trade? I am giving. Like a Herschel type trade? I'm giving, well. No, from Whatever from from do. this draft because he drafted fifteen guys in two thousand twenty. Agree on so this. So two thousand twenty one, yeah. you give up your fir- you give up your first. You give up. I mean, the man's got what? I think they're at 11, 10, 11 picks right now. Um, you give up what you have to give up if you deem what one of those two QBs, and I think the top two probably are special to get that pick, but it does give you the ability possibly to get out from cousins, which I think they need to do. He's just not, he's not going to get them to where they supposedly want to go. He's then, just not. And then, you know what you do? I think here's we knew you, that before though, right? Like well, we, knew we, that did, we, did, we did, but they didn't. Here, here's what you do. Actually, this is all becoming crystal clear. Here's what you do. You call San Francisco. You say, listen, um, obviously we had a tough season, you know, whether it's a seven and nine tough season or if it's a four and 12 tough season, it was a tough season. And so we're, we're going into transition mode here. We're, we're getting younger, and Kirk Cousins is on the table. We'll, like, if you want to give us a fifth-round pick, that's great. If you want to give us a seventh-round pick, we're, like, we need to get rid of this contract. They're going to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. The conversation with Cousins is very easy. Hey, man, we thought this was going to be different a year ago when we readjusted your contract. But as you saw, uh, the team just wasn't ready to win. And quite frankly, we don't think the team is going to be ready to win for the duration of your contract. So we love you. Uh, thanks for all the time the last few years. We're going to move you to a place that you're going to love. It's San Francisco. So that so that part of it's pretty easy, actually. I think that part is easy. Yep. I think Cousins would welcome oh, that yeah. scenario. And then here's Agreed. what you do. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look for a one-year make-good contract for a lot less than $27 million after this season. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo because he'll have been cut by that point by the 49ers. You sign him for like $10 million on a one-year make-good. Say, hey, why don't you prove yourself off the back of our emerging defense. This is where you can switch the message to Jimmy. Hey, buddy, our defense is ready to win again because Daniil Hunter's coming back. The cornerbacks are experienced. We've got two great wide receivers and Dalvin Cook's healthy again. We're going to make a run at this thing and we think you're more clutch than Kirk Cousins, but we're only going to do a one-year deal because we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. Fight me. Well, Who wouldn't sign up for that scenario? I'll fight you on signing Garoppolo to a one-year $10 million deal. I won't fight you on calling the Niners, you know, Going down that path, I mean, you, you established it, right? Kyle Shanahan thinks the world of, of Kirk. That part makes logical sense. I don't understand wanting to sign Garoppolo. Like, okay, you get the quarterback in the first round. I would just hand that individual the keys. That's fine. I'm okay. Or, you know, uh, Cam Newton or somebody else, right? But Ooh. but not Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, no. That, that's Cam, fine. Cam's going to get a, he'll get a multi-year from somebody if he... Probably, probably New England. Nice. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he's on a one-year deal, so as of now, he's a free agent in March. I just, I, I would go find somebody else, not Garoppolo. The important thing is to move off of Kirk. That's yes. the most important. That's the goal. And But the, the problem is, Dukes, and you're right, why didn't the Vikings see what we all saw and talked about? And I think it's because in in their desperation to create cap room, they basically started to just panic and said, we'll just give you an extension and that'll work out. And you know what? The problem then, you tied back to a guy who deep in your heart you knew was never going to get you, and he won't, to a championship. There is also, agree, there is also, there has to be at least some level of desperation with Rick Spielman, with Mike Zimmer. I get it. They got the contract extensions. Mm -hmm. 
But are you guaranteed long-term job security? If you go down that path of moving cousins, can you convince ownership, Mark and Ziggy Wilf, to make that move? I just don't know if Mark and Ziggy are ever willing well, to accept hitting rock bottom. I don't think they are. I Even though it makes sense, right? I think you need to hit rock bottom, right? I think, I think this season is your rock. Whatever whatever your record is this season, I think, is your rock bottom. Well, their rock be bottom in Phil, to me, is like six wins. Like, I, I don't yeah. see how they don't win five or six games. I agree with that. Yeah, they will. Well, I mean, an injury could, if Dalvin Cook's out for the rest of the season or something, you know. But you're going to have a... He should be back for the Green Bay game. But you're going to have enough to move up if you want to. It's just going to cost you. But at some point in time, too, Dukes, if you have the opportunity to solve the most important position in sports for, let's say, an eight to ten year period, potentially, you got to take it. You've got to. And, and. Agree, but like they blew it. Remember the Andrew Luck year? Didn't they I know. Win a game? Yeah. Was it a game in Washington? Yeah, it was the stupid game that Peterson got hurt and Les Frazier so got that stupid win. It. And they beat Carolina, too. No, you're right. But, but the one, look, at this point in time, Rick Spiel, the the final uh, the final piece written on Spielman's tenure, if it were to end today, would be did a lot of good things. Never found a quarterback. Like that's going to be. So I I guess the question is, do you want the lead paragraph in the story about your firing to be like, here who lies the man man who never found a quarterback, or oh my god, on the way out towards the end, he found the quarterback. Like, it's the one thing he hasn't done, and for all the good things, and I do think that Rick has done some good things, it's the most important thing. It is, but I don't think you're getting to one, right? I think the Jets could logically go 0-16. They're trying to <laughs> no, see, at see, least see, allegedly trade Darnold. Fight, I don't know. So Trevor Lawrence is going to New York. So then at that point... I feel bad for him, Are too. you sure on Justin Fields? Like, I think Fields is going to be good. I hear a lot of good things about Lance, but are you sure well, on those this gets two guys? To Phil's point. I'm sure on Lawrence... But you're not getting up to one, right? So then do you trust Spielman, others with the Vikings, to properly evaluate these quarterbacks okay. to pick the right, right guy? All right. I'm going to throw... And I'd argue, by the way, he did find Teddy. I mean, well, not right, his fault that Teddy's leg almost you know, had to be amputated. He got hurt. But it, so I'm going to throw out what sounds absolutely crazy and is completely reckless. Okay? Reckless speculation. But keep in mind, too, the starting point... The starting point of this is how do you get rid of the cousins contract? And then the second point is how do you find a suitable replacement for Kirk cousins? Okay. So let's say you're right. Let's say the jets get the top pick. They're going to take Lawrence. You can get rid of the cousins contract in the scenario of he's traded to San Fran for a sixth round pick or something. All right. You can then get Sam Darnold back for almost nothing for a year, just to, to Take a flyer just to see. Isn't that better than being stuck in cap hell with the quarterback's contract that is completely going to gum up the works as long as he's here? Yes. The short answer is yes. I mean, if you can get Donald out from on a three-year contract, you do contract. It. Yes. At this point, you do it. Even though I'm telling you, I am a bit afraid of, of the alternative without knowing for sure specifically who it is. Yeah. But yes, like you, Judd, like many Vikings fans, I've come to the conclusion you're not going to where you want to go with Kirk Cousins leading the way. Okay, uh, I'm glad you brought up Sam Darnold's name because I, Adam Gaze still has a job today, which is amazing to me. Congratulations to Adam Gaze for still being employed. It's America. But if you've ever wondered about when you're hiring a coach, are you hiring based on how good they actually are or are you hiring based on their proximity to something that was successful? Mm-hmm. 
Adam Gaze built his entire reputation off being the Denver Broncos offensive coordinator during the Peyton Manning like fifty touchdown season, like two thousand thirteen or fourteen. Oh my God, that who's the offensive coordinator of that offense? It was Peyton Manning, and then Adam Gaze gets a chance to work with young quarterbacks, multiple stops. Uh, the latest one is is Sam Darnold the last couple of years, and Sam Darnold looks lost. He's a disaster. So that's a referendum on on Adam Gaze. Dude, do you still have like five or ten minutes here? Or are you up against? The I do. Clock right yeah, now? I'm okay. on the clock for the flu shot at ten fifty eight. So I've got a few minutes. Reckless speculation. And I'm a wimp, so trust me. The more I can delay getting that flu shot, the better. So, all right. So yesterday we had a mutual friend and a regular on your podcast, The Scoop. We had our guy Bobby Marks, who's an ESPN NBA front office insider, and we just spent like fifteen or twenty minutes throwing Wolves questions and speculation at him. And the two main takeaways were. If the Wolves are going to trade for an established player, there's one that he floated. He floated Victor Oladipo. He's you're not going to have to trade the number one overall pick, but Victor Oladipo might be a buy low guy coming off injury. Maybe not the same guy ever as he was two or three years ago, but Victor Oladipo is one to watch. And then when we floated the Wolves blogosphere idea of swapping the first and the sixth with Atlanta and then John Collins, who's a 20 and 10 guy who's like 23 years old, shoots threes, power forward. So you get him and you still get a top six pick. He cut us off and said, yes, like 100% the Wolves should do something like that. That's how they should be thinking. So uh, what are your thoughts as we were a month away from the draft and then free agency is going to start after that? The Wolves have the number one pick. Just going to throw it to you for some Wolves speculation here, Dukes. All right. Well, let me read verbatim a text message from a high-ranking Eastern Conference front office executive on the Wolves. I texted with this individual earlier this week. They are running out all the steps to see what they can get for number one. That's standard. They are more public about it, but trust me, everyone does it, especially when the top pick isn't clear cut. So they are casting a wide net. So, yeah, do I think eventually they talk to Indiana, talk to Atlanta? 100%. Do I think the Hawks would do John Collins plus six to get up for Anthony Edwards, who is from Atlanta? So Anthony Edwards to the Hawks makes some sense, right? A franchise that, that traditionally just doesn't sell tickets. Maybe you can sell a few extra tickets, create some buzz. The Hawks have six players right now on their roster, 23 or younger. Do you really need to bring in a couple more guys You know that, that, that are that age, so young? Would it make sense to trade one of those young guys plus six to get up to one to get the hometown guy? Sure. I just don't think it's John Collins. I think Collins, I mean, you laid it out, Phil. I mean, those numbers, pretty damn good. I'm still upset the Wolves passed on Collins a few years ago and went with Justin Patton. Collins was staring them in the face with that selection, but that's that's in the past. That's the Tibbs regime. I just I don't think Atlanta is making that particular deal. Now, would it make some sense for Atlanta to dangle Kevin Herter or Hunter, who they took out of the University of Virginia last year? Maybe. Is that enough for you to move from one to six? I don't know. Are you better off just staying at one, taking an asset like LaMelo Ball, seeing if it works? Maybe it works to some extent. And then you revisit talks for a third superstar at the trade deadline next season, whenever that might be. April, May, looks like next season will start sometime in January. Yeah, maybe it's earlier than that. Maybe it's you know late March or early April, the 2021 trade deadline. That might make more sense. On Oladipo, does he resign? He's got one year left on his contract. Yeah, that would come full circle. That was Flip's guy. 
flipped so badly. Was that the twenty? Was that the thirteen or fourteen draft? All the years blend together, but but flipped so badly, wanted to move up for Oladipo. Yeah, Oladipo was one on the board. Like that was, or at least one on on flips. Uh, can I get that guy board right? Flip was so in love with Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I mean that was a serious injury, but I still think there's enough there. You know, we saw a little bit when he came back. I would bet on Oladipo to some extent, especially if he's your number three option. But what would you have to give up? And I would need to be assured that Oladipo would re-sign in a year. Because if you're only getting one year of Victor Oladipo, right. I don't think the trade makes a lot of sense. So is your gut at this point, Dubes, that they will make the pick or trade the pick? Right now, four and a half weeks out, yeah. I think they make the pick. That there's not a trade there. That they that they try. Undoubtedly, they are trying. They'll continue to try. So that that there is interest in trading the pick. But I just think when it comes down to it, it'll be tough to trade the pick. So I think they stay at one. Yeah, I think that's you know actually the ideal scenario would be because Towns and and Russell are still young enough. The ideal scenario would be you nail that number one pick. That player is ready to be your third star pretty much right out of the gate, and he's on a rookie scale contract for the first. You know, handful of years like that would be the ideal. But if you don't think there's a guy that can come in and be that impactful as your third star in the first couple of years, you're probably better off trading it for somebody who's closer to that. That's kind of Riley right now. And I don't know enough. I mean, it, it, there is no smoking gun Kevin Durant type player at the top of this draft. I will say where I'm leaning, I think it's really important the position that they're in to acquire a 2021 draft pick. Recall in the Russell Wiggins trade. The Golden State Warriors have the Wolves' 2021 first-round pick. It's top three protected. But if it's four or lower, the Wolves have to give that pick to the Warriors. I think it's very important for the Wolves to acquire a first-round pick in next year's draft. Now, maybe they move 17. Like, they could move 17 for somebody's first-round pick in a year. But I just think it's very important over the next handful of weeks for the Wolves to acquire a 2021 first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, all right, give us some give us some rapid uh, rapid fire stuff here. I know you've got some stuff on Elfline. You talked to Jorge Polanco, so fire away on us here, dude. I did, yeah. I talked to Jorge Polanco yesterday. His agent served as a translator, so he just felt more comfortable answering my questions in Spanish. But it was about a fifteen minute conversation. No, no big time headlines, but it is pretty rare for Polanco to do an interview. Not to suggest he's never done interviews, but I can't recall the last time he did an interview. He will get the staples out of his. Out of his right ankle here in the coming days, it was the Twins team doctor who did the surgery. He's still here in Minnesota. Rehab will start as soon as next week. All signs point to him being just fine come spring training in February. But, I mean, he he made it clear that, that I mean, you look at the offensive numbers, they speak for themselves, that the ankle bothered him way more so in the batter's box compared to the field. I did ask him about the throw wide, you know, the game one throw. You know, let's not forget Romo walks Altuve thereafter. So the Twins still could have gotten out of that situation. That wasn't all on Polanco. Also, a rise. If you look and go back and look at that play, his his footwork looked a little off. A rise that is to get to the base. You know, maybe some other second baseman make the catch. You know, but he was more about just saying the focus is on next year. You know, he he didn't want to answer that question directly, which I understand, right? I mean, what the heck are you going to say? Like, you know, the throw was a bit wide, but hey, Arise could have maybe made the play. Hey, Romo could have could have thrown some strikes to the next batter, but he's not going to throw teammates under the bus. But I'll post that that Polanco interview here uh, at some point here, hopefully as soon as, as, as later today. Trey Jones, Apple Valley native, will have a second interview soon here 
with the Timberwolves. So the Wolves are now to the point of interviewing some draft prospects for a second time. A former Louisville commit, really good Juco player, Jay Scrub. Really good player, wing. I think he's not a household name, but I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. He had a second interview with the Wolves earlier this week. Daniel Oturu had a second interview a few days ago with the Wolves. Gerson Rosas is scrambling. I mean, a a lot of teams are scrambling because the NBA told front offices this week that you can go visit some draft prospects. So like LaMelo Ball is training in Detroit. He's got a trainer there. I don't know where Edwards is. He might be in Atlanta. A lot of guys are in Vegas. So uh, the Wolves are now trying to scramble. They want to get some face time, you know, from from a social distance. But they want to get some face time with these top, you know, these upper echelon guys. They still haven't even interviewed a lot of the upper echelon guys. So it's a mad scramble, right? The draft is fast approaching on November 18th. So I know the Wolves are are scrambling to to get some face time with with Ball, with Edwards in in particular. They continue to do the most homework on those two. Not to suggest that they're not, that they're not doing homework on James Wiseman or some other guys of Dia, uh, some of the other, you know, guys in that range, Halliburton, but but the two guys they're doing the most work on are Ball and and Edwards. Also, let me read a text. I'm bouncing all over the place from Sean Johnson. He's the Twins draft boss. He was in Fort Myers the other day, so the Twins have their instructionals going on. Let me read some feedback he gave me. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. We were just going back and forth on some personal stuff. It's okay. We got time. Hold yeah. Good. Hold on. Here's I, a name I, to know. I'd play, I'd, play some, I'd play some elevator music, but it probably uh, got deleted from our button bar. So. <laughs> Here's an under-the-radar prospect for, for Twins fans to remember the, the name. Ben Gross. He was a pitcher drafted in, in 2019, I think out of Duke, ninth or 10th round. Uh, according to Sean, looks hmm. like a future big leaguer. He's made huge strides. Uh, Raya, who was the Twins, was he their third-round pick this year? Uh, Sean says he was impressive. He's put on some good weight already. He's up to 95 with four distinct pitches. Sabato, their first-round pick looks good. Solare, their second-round pick looks good. The outfielder from the University of Tennessee. Their fourth-round pick, Rosario, looks pretty good. So he says the who rookies does he are rip? off to a good That's start. the question. This guy's a bust. We never should have drafted him. That's the that's the text well, that I want to hear. In his defense, I, I texted him saying, who stood out to you? So it's not like I said, who Send looks him like back right garbage. Now that said, who looks like crap? Yeah, I can. Who's disappointing you? Yeah, yeah. He probably would tell me a few names. But a lot of the names aren't down there. Like Royce Lewis isn't down there. Some other guys, some of the guys are, like Canarino was here, yeah. their, their second or third round pick, he's a pitcher, Matt Canarino, another name to know. He was in St. Paul for a stretch, so some guys that were in St. Paul are down there, but but many guys that were in St. Paul are not down there. Like, I know Royce Lewis is not down there. When is Elfline coming back? I never thought I would say I was pining. We're yearning, right? I was pining for Pat yes, Elfline, but I'm pining. For, for the return of Pat Elfline. When's he coming not back? this week. Pat, so, I'm sorry. You know, we'll reevaluate heading into the Green Bay week. You know, in a couple weeks, so you know they go Atlanta, then the bye. So it won't be this this Atlanta game. Also, like, what's up with Ezra Cleveland? So I checked. It was a good question. At least yesterday, Wednesday, he did not get any first team practice reps. Not to suggest that you know those won't happen in the near future. That maybe eventually here pretty quick we'll see Ezra Cleveland getting some guard snaps, even though long term he's a tackle. But right now, the signs point to Drew Samia starting again on Sunday. Hey, one more note here on the Vikings-Falcons COVID situation. This is from Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Important nuance on the Atlanta situation. The NFL didn't order the Falcons facility to be closed. The team did that by their own choice, making the decision to work virtually as a precaution. And then he adds, 
Also, I tried my best to avoid the term abundance of caution. <laughs> Good for him. Thank you, Albert. Yes, anyone who avoids that, I appreciate it. But Much if they, appreciation. If they want to move this game to Tuesday night, I think I think we'd all be happy with that. And there's no Tuesday Thursday night football, night football tonight? Correct. Yeah, well, we no, definitely need a Tuesday there's game. No, there's no yeah. football tonight. We need a Tuesday game. Because of what? Because of the reshuffling from last week. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Dukes, thanks for coming up, man. Good luck with your flu shot. Thank you. Yeah. I need it. And no one Le'Veon Bell. I've been asked that. The Vikings are not interested <laughs> the in Le'Veon Bell. Why the hell would they want Bell? Le'Veon Bell? Be hilarious. Hey, Judd, anytime any name becomes available, my Twitter feed blows up. Hey, are the Vikings interested? No. They're not interested yeah. in Le'Veon Bell. Uncle Murphy. <laughs> and you know what? He doesn't want to question. come here either, so it's mutual. Yeah, I'm sure it is mutual. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not coming here. Hey, right. That's so, yeah. inside information about our favorite local sports teams with Darren Doogie Wilson, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, and the Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Scornor. The real scoop is to find out who deleted the panic button. Like, this is the worst button that you could possibly delete. Yeah, we just like, <laughs> we've got the Ric Flair button. We've yeah, that's good. It's fine. <laughs> We still have we still have the wild celebration song. Oh, by the way, Judd got a his nineteenth good question on the season. You now trail me by one. Yeah, that's a, we're neck and well, and you, you had a big week last week. Hey, yeah, did or I would have passed you. I had a couple last week. I think you had two or three last week. A yeah, of, a lot of good questions on my end. You think you like football? Brett Favre doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. All right, here we go. They're going to jump right here. You know they're going to jump. Everybody hold your water. Green right slot. 98 handoff slot on three. Ready? Balls, balls, balls. Balls, balls, balls. Balls. Green 18. Green 18. Ten. Football. Brett Favre. All right, let's. Uh, I, I want to cherry pick something that you brought up with Doogie there. You sort of you floated Sam Darnold's name in our Kirk Cousins speculation. Is kind of a uh, if you're going to draft a quarterback, maybe you take a one year flyer on another guy and you'll see what happens. Yep. So just to set this up, we did a deep dive yesterday on Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We did a deep dive into the idea of trading Kirk Cousins and specifically how the 49ers could potentially be an option just based on previous reports and Kirk's relationship with Kyle Shanahan. And in general, we're going to keep exploring and posing the question, as long as this is a down season for Kirk and the Vikings, what's next for the Vikings at quarterback? The draft is obviously one path. Um, If the Vikings aren't bad enough, they likely won't have a chance to even land one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. So there's that to consider. But the other question is, what are some other paths to potential future quarterbacks if it's time to move off from Kirk Cousins? Like you look at what the Titans did, for example, buying low on Ryan Tannehill, and that has worked out very well for them the last couple of years. A former first rounder who plateaued in Miami. And so who you kind of floated this via email to us last night, but who are those Ryan Tannehill like reclamation projects that as we consider draft options? And other options. Who are those those Ryan Tannehill lookalikes that could be out there, or perhaps um, saving a quarterback before it's too late? Darnold. So the question is this, and Dar- Darnold right now is probably the poster child for this question: Is he not as good as we thought, or is he simply in such a dysfunctional environment and situation that that he is right now destined to fail there? But if you rescue him in time, he could actually be good. Yeah. It it could be both. Like, okay, I think I think 
it's very, very true to say that he's in a dysfunctional situation with a guy that 100%. portrays himself as this quarterback guru because he worked with Peyton Manning for five minutes yes. in Adam Gaze. And that has turned out to be obviously fraudulent. Either obviously fraudulent or Sam Darnold was the worst draft pick quarterback in the history of the NFL. Like, So it's possible he he's, got Tim Couch. But he's not as good. Yeah. But that was also a dysfunctional situation. And that's my point. So it, it could be both, but I would lean toward for sure dysfunction, and yes. then the other part is unknown still. But that's the that's the thing is is we don't know. Like there are some guys. Christian Ponder was just bad. He just was not good. He wasn't confident. But there yeah. are but there are top five quarterback picks who have been ruined. Um, and look, they they ultimately aren't good enough to rise above the challenges that they face. But they also don't get help. And so uh, Tannehill, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in his draft went eighth to the Dolphins, is sort of really a good example of a guy who probably was not as good as teams expected, but who had upside and, and who was actively sort of sabotaged by his his first employer and then got to a far more functional situation with the Titans, had a little bit more experience. And most importantly, there was still time to save him. There was still time. Like Darnold, Darnold's probably sort of on the tightrope right now, and he could fall both ways. And it could, he could just be done, and it's going to be, oh my God, did he wash out quickly? Or he could fall the other way, which is you got him out in time. He proved to be very competent, too good, um, and he was given an infrastructure, which included, let's say, hmm, how could I, how, let's see, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, coaching that's not completely um, abhorrent and a joke. And so that's why I do think that you have to at least consider that bin. And I'm not saying it's your first choice, but if you can get one of those guys at a pretty good price, because I really, I think the most important thing that we can't harp enough about when it comes to Cousins, it's not that he sucks. He eats up too much of your cap and you don't get the return, right? Yes, that's a so, very important distinction. Right, yes. right. That's the most important thing. So this is not, this is never a discussion about, well, Kirk Cousins just was no good and you screwed up. No. He definitely has flaws. He definitely does. But, but the most important part of the discussion is in a salary cap league, he prohibits you from improving your team to win a championship and he can't he is not in that very, very small group of quarterbacks who can basically say, I don't care that the rest of my team, eh, they're not that good. I can rise above that. So can you get? Can you save a quarterback who's on the verge of basically going off the cliff in time to plug him in in a favorable salary slot that then gives you a chance to build around him too? And by the way, might be beneficial ultimately long-term for both sides. Yeah, I actually saw someone tweeted a nugget yesterday, and I, I'm bad at like remembering and giving credit, but somebody on Twitter tweeted something out that only two quarterbacks in recent history have won a Super Bowl when eating up a certain percentage of the salary cap, like whatever it was, 12 or if you eat up like more than 12% of the team's salary cap or 15 or something, and that's Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And everybody else, and like Joe, like Joe Flacco won a Super okay, Bowl. Then. Like you, you can win a Super Bowl with you know mediocre quarterbacks. Look at Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was still on a rookie contract when he won that Super Bowl. Absolutely. And then he signed the $22 million a year deal the year after. And guess what? The Ravens had a harder time building a championship team. Yeah. Not shockingly. And there's other examples, too, of like, well, what about Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl? I don't think Brad Johnson was the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL on that Tampa Bay team. They're also, back then, 
was a middle class of quarterbacks. There was. Which to which to our point on this show, that's basically gone. Yep. It's uh it's it's twenty seven million dollars and above and like eighteen quarterbacks make that and then there's rookie deal quarterbacks. So I I love this idea. I, I think if I could choose a perfect path for the Vikings in two thousand twenty one at that position, it would include a drafted quarterback of some kind. And if you can go up and get a Justin Fields or somebody, all the better. But I draft a quarterback in 2021. And then I would like another quarterback to potentially start the season. I, I want my Tyrod Taylor. I want my Alex Smith, you know, back in the day. Like my guy that is competent enough, but is easy to remove. And it's not going to be super uncomfortable and weird in the meeting room after week five to put my rookie guy in. Right. Right. I don't think Kirk, I think I think you have to trade Kirk for that to happen. I just think it's going to be too uncomfortable. I don't think he's going to like transition to a mentor role. He believes he's a starting quarterback and quite frankly he is a starting quarterback. I just don't want him making that much money to the Vikings cap. So the question is do you want that guy that that veteran quarterback? Do you want that to be a guy that's a backup like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or do you want it to be a guy like a Sam Darnold or a Jimmy Garoppolo if he gets cut that you could also take a look at. And now you've got your rookie and you've got a guy that might have also a chance as a reclamation project. Uh, but I that path is more intriguing to me than running it back again with Kirk Cousins at 30-plus million dollars. Who else would be in that bin aside from Sam Darnold? Because I have, I have a name that might sound crazy. I've got, I've got three more names. Okay. I'm not advocating these players. I'm just saying they'd be in the bin, okay? So again, just to be clear, I'm not I'm not saying do this. And again, this is not these guys are better than Kirk Cousins. No. Right. These are these guys are cheaper than Kirk Cousins, allow you roster flexibility, and you can move off of them if needed for a young quarterback. Exactly right. right. Okay. So my three Dex, names you have names too, it mm-hmm. sounds like okay. My three names beyond Darnold are Jameis Winston. Mm. Again, I'm not advocating, okay? Just to be clear. I do, I don't want pe- people to tweet me and be like, You moron can't be Winston. Okay. Jameis Winston, I think this guy, the ship has sailed and he's just not good. Mitch Trubisky. I was going to say him. I think he's Christian Ponder. He's Christian Ponder. So I don't think that that works. All right. And my last one, an interesting wild card about a guy who I think was put into a lousy infrastructure. I'm trying to think of who this guy is. Has not matured properly, was just benched, but has he not matured properly because of, of his own doing? Or partially because his team was so unstable and dysfunctional, and that is Dwayne Haskins. Ooh, okay. Um, now, Ooh. now, Jameis Winston, I think I just don't like. Okay, <laughs> like I don't think he gets it. I might be wrong, but I don't think he gets it. But if he ever got it, the Dwayne he'd be amazing. Yes, and the Dwayne Haskins stuff has has been like, well, he he was not preparing properly for games. He was late to stuff. Blah blah blah. And I say, okay, that's that's not good, but. When's the last time until now, maybe, that Washington has been stable? Yeah, it's a disaster. So, like, disaster. he was drafted. Like, you can't you can't draft a Darnold or Haskins and plop that guy in and and tell him, be the face of our franchise, go do it, and, uh, and here is some Russell Wilson film. Watch this. So, Dwayne Haskins, I'm not willing to say stinks because I don't think we know. Here's, all right, so looking at this list, all right, here, here's the one thing that I would absolutely prioritize for the Vikings going into 2021 is mobility at the quarterback position. I want a guy because, you know, we can sit here and say, well, you need an offensive line. Yes, you do. But it's so hard to build a perfect offensive line too. like the offensive line needs to be built better than the Vikings have built it. 
But ideally, you have a quarterback that if the offensive line isn't perfect or if a guy gets hurt and you have to start a Drew Samia, that you're not just screwed in some of these games, right? <laughs> I want a guy that can, that can Kyler Murray his way out of pressure once in a while. And so that automatically eliminates Dwayne Haskins because he's not mobile. Dwayne Haskins is actually, like, you go, I just looked his rushing stats up at Ohio State, too. And, like, college football, you're facing non-NFL prospect linebackers, and you should be able to outrun them and stuff. Sure. Dwayne Haskins ran the ball 103 times at Ohio State for 190 yards. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so he's not he's not a mobile guy, and he's not the most accurate in the NFL, although he was 70% completions at Ohio State and threw 50 touchdowns one year. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening there. Um Mitch Trubisky's mobile. He's probably the most mobile guy on this list, actually. But he just but thinks. he can't throw, and he yeah. abort, he aborts his progressions and stuff. I don't think he can be fixed. So I don't know. Like the, I like where you're going with this, but I almost feel like Ryan Tannehill is the most mobile out of all these guys besides Mitch Trubisky, and he can actually sit in the pocket and throw once in a while. So prerequisite for me is can you escape pressure to some extent? Does Jameis does Jameis intrigue you? <sighs> Not the most mobile guy, and he's so. Uh, I I need to know a lot about what he learned in New Orleans. Did you learn how to be less reckless? Yeah. Thirty interceptions is ridiculous. He has lived his life off the field reckless too, like standing up on a table inside the Florida State cafeteria as the as the star quarterback and yelling derogatory things like, you know, "Was it stealing crab legs or whatever inside From the Publix?" Yeah, the Publix. Like everything yeah, about it's not a good idea. Thirty interceptions. Everything about him says like. Reckless abandon. Yep. He needs to rein that in. I'm okay with some picks. I mean, Brett Favre was a great quarterback and threw some picks, but in today's NFL, you like you can't throw 30 interceptions. You could get away with 30 interceptions in the 70s and oh, Terry Bradshaw dust yourself off. Right. That was so, called Wednesday for Bradshaw. If I'm ranking these guys, if it's just these four guys, I'm going to go Darnold number one, mm-hmm. Jameis number two, Haskins number three because I think there's more as a thrower there than he has shown, mm-hmm. and Trubisky number four because I just I just think he's very good. I don't think there's anything about him that other than he's kind of mobile, like nothing really stands out about him. Dex, what about you? Well, I think one that's intriguing. He's not mobile, but he has a lot of upside here, and he just took over is Andy Dalton in Dallas. Wow. So Andy Dalton, who was taking over Dak Prescott and was the man in Cincinnati, but then always you know the the classic. 10 and 16 that gets just washed in the wild card round, and his playoff statistics are awful. However, yeah. he is still 32 years old, so he's still got a lot of football left in him, and he's going to definitely basically increase his value taking over for Dallas and definitely for the rest of the year. So that would be the top name, I think, on this list. And again, I, the, the seventh word of caution here this has nothing to do with like, is Andy Dalton better than Kirk Cousins, and can Andy Dalton lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl? It's, is Andy Dalton a lot cheaper? Is he a better bridge for less money to a quarterback that you draft, right? Like through that prism, it makes a little bit of sense. He's in, in the bin more so too of you have now drafted your quarterback of the future high. Yeah. And he comes in and starts. Because if like if you did Darnold, mm-hmm. you might take a flyer on that season just on Darnold. Like he might be your guy. Uh, Dalton would probably be be the transition guy of, hey, be cool about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here is a one-year contract that's decent. Um, but we drafted Player X, and Player X, make no mistake, the following year is going to replace you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting list. And I got another name. I have, a, I have two more, too. Oh, oh Dex, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh. Dex, this guy's still under con- contracts at a hefty price, but he's still only 27, and that's Jacoby Brissett. 
Like, what is Indianapolis's yeah. plan? Okay. Like, okay. It's actually kind of weird that they decided to move off of him for Philip Rivers to me. Yeah, I thank get you. That. Thank you, Phil Mackey. I'm and, glad and you said that. And that's my guy, Philip Rivers. I'm glad Rivers, you okay? said that. That you're my guy. Yeah, that is. And and can he not play? He can play. But I mean, how did how did, I feel he like was, he, he how did Jacoby Brissett not come into the game last Sunday against the Browns? Philip Rivers was unplayable in that game. I, I feel like him and Tyrod Taylor are the same guy. Like, I feel like he's heading towards the Tyrod Taylor plan of, like, he'll be a week one starter every other in a different spot every year and he'll be benched by week three, but he's okay. still got, like, talent to him and he can manage. It's super weird because he started basically the full season in 2017. That was an Andrew Luck injury. And then he didn't play at all in 2018. I mean, he came in, like, he, he like threw the ball, like, four times. Yeah. And then he played all of 2019, and now he's back to just being yeah. benched again. And... If you look at his numbers last year, I'm not going to pretend to have watched every Jacoby Brissett game, but he had an above-average QBR. He had 18 touchdowns to six interceptions, but it was a lot of dink and dunk because his average yards per attempt was only six and a half. Okay, so I don't think he's he's not the guy that's like driving the ball down the field for you, right? But he's only he's 28 years old. In the through the lens that we're looking through here. If he's going to cost a lot less money, and I have to go see what his he's making twenty million dollars this year, but I don't know what his what his out is. That's the type of guy that would make more sense as a bridge to a new quarterback than paying a non elite average guy thirty plus million dollars. And the last guy on my list, and this is a complete wild card, and he's a little older, but if but if there's truly still something left in the tank, and he's over his injury, it's Alex Smith in in Washington. Eh. You're out. The leg. I'm good on that. The yeah. leg. The leg. Scares me. I loved yeah, him before. Me too. I think I was a big fan before, I think but I think this injury is so bad. Misunderstood quarterback in the NFL. Like, really? a, like he's one of the most misunderstood How quarterbacks so? in NFL history. His winning, like, because well, he oh, went okay. to such a horrible start. So pre, b- before yeah, like, he got because he got was he was so bad in Pre-injury. San Fran, and then turned things around a little bit, or actually a lot in in Kansas City. He is he's almost it's very similar to Teddy Bridgewater. I think there's a, there's there's misperceptions of their statistics and who they are. Yeah, I here's I would, so I agree. I think. Bridgewater, especially, it's like, oh, he doesn't throw the, he doesn't throw forty touchdowns. He, I think those guys are underrated in their ability to help you win games in the regular season. But I think they're they're like divisional playoff round guys and out because once you get to that level, and now you're down to like the the best handful of teams in the league are left. Yep, you need to do more in the second, third, and then Super Bowl round of the playoff than just sort of not mis- make a mistake. Those guys are brilliant at not giving a game away, but they're not great, Bridgewater and Alex Smith, at saying, oh, boy, we're down by 20, and I need to make something happen. Like, that's what Pat Mahomes does. That's what Tom Brady does, mm-hmm. et cetera. So. The interesting thing about Smith, too, and this is why, if you were to evaluate um, the advantages of offensive coaches and, like, who gets it and who doesn't and, like, what makes a good coach, okay? Think about this one. Andy Reid had the experience of wherewithal and ability to adjust himself to get Alex Smith in, who played pretty damn well for him, okay? Like, good trade, too. They get Smith. He plays well, gets him to playoffs. And he looks at Alex Smith and says, yeah, he's good, but he's not what we need. Like, that is an eval. That's an evaluator du jour. That is the guy that you want to say, because he didn't say, we won three games, Alex Smith, you suck, right? (laughs) He actually looked at a productive QB and identified, you know what? To Phil's point, you know what he he can do? He can get us to here. But we don't want to be here. We want to be there. Mm -hmm. 
And like he looked, and, and I know that, that he hit on a home run grand slam. I get that, okay? But think about just that process. So, so pre-Mahomes pick, just the process to say we can get to the playoffs with Alex Smith, but we can't win. Like that's 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 what you want. I agree. And that's the, the type of guts that it takes to be to win Super Bowls. And the Vikings have that exact decision to make for 2020 and 22. That's I, the exact decision that they have to make. I've got one more name because I think it. I think he might become available if things fall draft wise like they currently are going. Uh, because this oh, team, this team used Daniel to be incredibly Jones. functional, and now they're not. I don't trust the Giants. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Does Daniel Jones intrigue you? Because yeah. Previously, I, previously I would have said the Giants won't move off him, but if their GM. Gettleman gets fired, which is not going to shock me, and they have a very high draft pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved off. You know, Danny Dimes hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one. Oh, my God. (laughs) Poor guy. He didn't throw one last week? No. God. Did he? Oh, my gosh. They scored 34 points against the Cowboys, and Danny Danny Dimes did not throw a touchdown. I watched a ton of that game. I didn't see one touchdown pass from him. You did not. (laughs) And I watched last one. I don't think he's not here yet. But I think he's trending in this direction, so I think he's like a year or two early from this conversation. And I ripped him a ton. But Carson Wentz, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia? He's, you know, he's got a humongous contract, yeah, and that's probably the biggest blocker yeah, contract, of, yeah. of, of this but, conversation. See, here's what's crazy because I know your your other guy is Jalen Hurts, Love who's Jaylen their backup. Hurts. Get freaky. And again, I am, Kirk Cousins is better than Jalen Hurts. Kirk Cousins is actually better than Carson Wentz right now too. Yeah, he is. But because Carson Wentz makes like $30 million or something absurd, I'd actually be more interested in Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Because Jalen Hurts makes a million. Mm -hmm. And now I can take the extra $30 million and I can go get a right guard. And I can go get a defensive tackle to put next to Michael Pierce next year. And a veteran cornerback to take Holton Hill's place or whatever. Oh, you can go do a lot of shopping at that point in time. It's great. Yeah, see, absolutely. That, the, see the shopping thing, isn't that that's what we're really what we're talking about here? If your wife said, "Here's a here's some extra money to go shopping for some things around the house." Now we had to get rid of this old <laughs> sink. Okay, that's fine. So, all right, well, that was fun. Yeah, that, and that's a wrap on this episode. But if you guys have ideas on what you'd like to see the Vikings do at the quarterback position here, and I mean they're one and four, they could beat the Falcons this weekend and make you think that they're. Pushing back for that 7C, but we're already kind of in what's 2021 looking like mode. Hit us up on Twitter at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zilgat, at Dex's tweets, and uh, we can include some of those discussions as we as we push forward here. So uh, also be sure to check out the latest episode of Purple Daily from yesterday where we did a deep dive into the possibility of a Kirk Cousins trade to the San Francisco 49ers just based on some steam that's come out the last couple of years. That's a wrap. We'll see you for Action Movie Rewind. Taken tomorrow, boys. Skills. Certain set of skills. Particular set of skills. I will kill you. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. 
The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.